Hello, and welcome to On Staging, a community theater-focused discussion podcast highlighting the development and staging of community theater productions in Calgary and surrounding area. I'm Kyle Gould, and I'm overjoyed today to sit down with Louise Day, 2023 CAD Award recipient for Outstanding Original Script, Bill C773, and the president and producer of Seniors Acting Lab, and Pat Chan, director of Old Mule, an original play by Edmonton playwright Nicole Moeller, which goes up at the Sea Space Theatre in Marta Loop here in Calgary this January 25th through the 28th. The link to tickets is in the show notes. Louise and Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks, Kyle. So first, tell me about Seniors Acting Lab. When did you get started? Where did this idea to make this company come from? It goes back a step because we started with FLC Seniors Acting Club and I was the coordinator. I was retired and I wanted to learn to do something and I was working part-time as an usher at the Jack Singer and everybody around me, they were bartenders or they were ushers, but they were also writers and actors and all sorts of creatives. So I sat there and thought, what do I want to do? And I thought I want to learn to act. So I talked to Megan Fox, who was our front of house manager, and she wanted to teach acting. So we started these classes for seniors, affordable classes at FLC Seniors Club, and started with one. The response was so good that within about a year, we were running six classes. Wow. With the whole, you know, gamut of improv, Shakespeare, you know, acting one, acting two, that kind of thing. And so that went on for about four years. And then I started to hear a lot of talk about older seniors and how they felt about getting jobs in acting. And one of the things they were finding is that they were sort of shuffled off the board at a certain age and they would hire younger actors to play older actors. And then, of course, they weren't getting paid because they weren't getting work. So we created Seniors Acting Lab, sort of broke off. When was that? It's about four years now. Okay. Yeah. So 2019, just before the pandemic. That's right. That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea was to engage as many older production people, actors that were seniors that we could possibly hire and uh, put on plays that focus on senior issues. So that's what we've been doing ever since. That's wonderful. It's an actual delight to see and have you be part of the community theater group because it is very true that... uh, Older people are not cast in younger roles to a certain extent, especially anyone of retirement age. They're not getting cast as your 40-somethings. They're not definitely not getting cast as Romeo and Juliet. So, whereas you'll see younger people will get definitely downcast to that point. So, that's a, so now my question is, you saw that people were not getting cast in these younger roles, but it seems like you've got a dual mission here because Seniors Acting Lab is also not just about giving seniors opportunities to act and perform, but also that you're looking to create things that are relevant and important and matter and, and draw a highlight to uh, things that are going on in seniors' lives. Absolutely. 
I just want to read something, sure. um, our mission statement. Uh, Seniors Acting Lab is a recognized group of all senior storytellers whose theatrical productions reflect, educate, and challenge the status quo on seniors' issues. So we established that mandate when we first created Seniors Acting Lab, and we've been pretty well sticking to it with all of our, you know, with our original plays and things like that. And so who is this we you're talking about? It definitely seems to be like you were one of the chief proponents of getting this thing off the ground, but who else was there at the time? At the beginning, it was myself, Faye Brown, Tom Carver. We were the three principal uh, people. We were just a collective. Mm -hmm. We hadn't made this step into being a society. We've just recently did that. Last summer, we've become a society. Congratulations. It comes with a lot more paperwork and required documents and formalized meetings, but good for you. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) So we have a board now. Yeah. And Chris Hetherington's on the board. Anne's on the board. I'm on the board. And we've been talking to some other people to encourage them to come on because we would welcome like a board of five, six, seven people. Oh, that'd be great. The bigger the board, the more you can spread out the work and the labor involved in the running and the production of it. So Seniors Actors Lab does two shows a year. Is that your mandate? Is that what you're trying for these days or? Once we form the society, we have changed our mandate. We've got enough funding to run about two shows a year. So this year it's going to be Old Mule, which is in January. That's what we're here about today. And in the spring, we're going to do Chris's Mud Pie. And I can't wait to have people back to talk about Mud Pie when it goes up too. But let's dig into Old Mule itself. So I'm going to guess, Pat... Is this something that you brought to Seniors Acting Lab or something that Seniors Acting Lab brought to you? Oh, no, it was uh, it was actually Louis who brought it to me. When did that happen? What, what's the story there? It was in October that it was brought up to me. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So how long have you been aware of Old Mule then, Louise? Trevor Ruger from the Alberta Playwrights Network. Correct. He started a new almost library of mm-hmm. plays and... Uh, he thought of us and sent me this play of Nicole's. And I thought it's perfect. It's really well written. It's a beautiful story. And it fits our mandate, Mm -hmm. you know, to highlight an issue, a senior's issue. Absolutely. How long ago was, uh, was it that you read the play for the first time? Probably back early summer. Of this past year, 2023. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor sent you a list. You found Old Mule. You gave it a read. You jumped for joy. You were touched by the story. It's hilarious. Yeah. The first couple of pages gets you just roaring with laughter. Yeah. The central character is a very crusty, feisty, sweary old lady. Yeah. And she uh, she makes you laugh, right? Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm excited about that. So it grips you, rips you, takes you right in in the first couple of pages. And you knew you had something then and there. Did you have to go to the board for Seniors Acting Lab to talk about what whether or not this show would be done? And what happened then where you started to think this is the one for 2024? Yes, we had three or four plays that we were considering and we voted on them and we decided that that it was definitely Old Mule. It stood out. Nicole Moeller is an accomplished playwright mm-hmm. in Edmonton. She's had a number of her plays produced and it was... Um, it stood out with its humor and also the the writing is it's awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so you then started to think director. 
what led you to want to reach out to Pat? Well, Pat and I have a history. She, oh, she, a, is this a good history or is this war? Oh, no, no, oh, not no. a war. No, we're <laughs> friends. Uh, Pat directed Bill C-773 for me. And Pat comes from Malaysia and she has a history of much larger productions than we have ever, like we would ever imagine in community theater. So she has brought that to Calgary. And when I first talked to her about my play, BLC 773, she was talking about projections and sound and lighting oh effects. My. And I was just looking at her like, uh, you know, like, like, wait a minute, we're, we're, we don't do that here. We don't and, have that. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she really brought us up a level like oh, wow. with her technical ideas into design, set design, lighting design, sound design, all those things that we really hadn't had gone into too much too before. Much, yeah. yeah. Well, that's incredible. So you reached out to Pat, you have a great friendship with Pat. Your beginnings in theater seems to have been as an usher at the Jack Singer. Where were your beginnings in theater, Pat? My beginning is back in Malaysia. So I've been doing this for about 30 years. 30 years. Yes, wow. 30 years. But, uh, in like community theater or no, professional theater? Professional in, theater. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But um, I came to Calgary because uh, I wanted to, I was, I was uh, given a scholarship to at U of C. Oh, wow. Funny thing was uh, theater because my first original master's was in actor training, but then I got a scholarship in U of C to do directing and I decided to stay. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. Did you do a lot of directing in Malaysia as well or yes. was it most of the technical side and acting? No, um, actually I started as a dancer and I was a choreographer and then as I went on, uh, the progression was into acting and then, but uh, I, my passion was really in directing. Oh, really? Yes. Like telling people what to do and make yes, them do it? Yes, be yeah. the boss. Well, <laughs> It's so funny how I feel like directing is less about being the boss and more about being the one that understands the text the best. That's true. So you can you get to answer all of the questions that an actor and everybody else may have. Yeah, yeah. So when Louise approached you with this production, were there any hesitations about it? When you gave it a read, were there any difficulties that you you looked into it? Well, really, uh, uh, Nicole Muller's uh, uh, writing is so good. You just have to read the first two pages and you're going like, wow, this is really funny, which was very different from the other play. So, and I thought, right. oh, wow, this is a comedy. We have to do this, you know? And I would say, Nicole, one thing about her, she understands seniors very, very well. So when she wrote whatever she wrote inside this play, Omiu, you know this person has maybe had an experience with their parents or a senior, you know, but she knows it so well. And I think that's that's what really captivated me as well because when I look at a play, I don't just look at it as a play, but I, I look at the content, whether the writer or uh, really understands about the situation, the character and, and uh, the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was what really kept me. And it all hooked together? Or did you read the first two pages and then just immediately email Louise and say, I'm in? (laughs) Well, two pages hook you in. And then after that, you read the rest of it. And in fact, after I read the whole thing, I called Louise and said, this is so good. Really? Oh, that's wonderful. So good. So you knew you had her as soon as you sent it to her. You knew she was going to say yes, right? 
Well, I hope so, but she did say yes, right? <laughs> and that's great. And that happened in October. Yeah, so October. things needed to start happening quickly. When was your first production team meeting? November. November, yeah, November. The problem we ran into, and you might relate to this, Kyle, is we were waiting because of our society status. Right. We were waiting for a release of funds from CATA with their organizational grant. Right. So we waited. <laughs> we waited. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. And it was November when we finally heard that we, we had some funding. We'd been talking about it, but there was not a lot we could do until we got the funding, right? right? So, yeah, I would say that this was quite a tight crunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been very, this is an exceptionally tight turnaround for a production like this. <laughs> so it's November, you got your funding, and that's when contracts went out? Well, we'd been interviewing different people. We've got Chad Blaine, who's doing our sound and our technical design. And there was Martina Laird was doing set design. So we were talking to people, but we were saying, of course, this is all conditional yeah. on, you know, us getting the money and things like that. So, yeah, all of a sudden there was a scramble to hold the space because C-Space was kind of holding it. Mm -hmm. But if somebody else stepped in, yep. yeah, then you're, you know, too bad. So you're sad. doing it another time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Okay. So November, gr grant money finally arrives. Contracts are signed. Do you hold auditions or did you go to a specific group of actors? Well, we held auditions, but uh, the the actors that we got were are brilliant, brilliant for the role. Oh, so wonderful. It was like we've decided <laughs> after the audition, we decided straight away who we're going to have. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't have to do callbacks or anything. No, they really encompassed that character. The char the, we have uh, Trace Clark. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have Susan Carpenter, Denise Bell. They were perfect for the roles. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And how many people in the cast? There's uh, three main, and then there's also about two, two voice, uh, voiceovers. Uh, oh, okay. And that would be Jonathan McFarlane and uh, Joni, Joni Schilling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, so just five people total, but only three on stage. Three on stage, yes. Oh, so that's not too bad, and that's not too hard to run. Yeah. What did the um, rehearsal process look like for you? Well, put it this way, it was tough because yeah. then we have to go through the Christmas break. We had Christmas break. So we were rehearsing in December, and then we had to have a break. And then the winter set in, yep. and uh, we had tough days where we had no choice but to cancel. But with Louis' recommendation, we actually did the online rehearsal. Oh, what? Zoom so, call rehearsal? Yeah, Zoom call rehearsal. Done those. Which was fantastic because then uh, what happened was instead of working on blocking, right. then we work on the, the story, the deliverance of the speeches and all that. So and the was, character. Yeah, and the character. It was really good uh, rehearsal. It was, uh, thanks, Louis. It was a good suggestion. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody needs to go out in minus 52 weather to go to a rehearsal on a Friday or Saturday. That's, yes. that's when that happened over the last little week here. But mm. I, you will find in Canada that there's 10 days when Christmas comes, there's no rehearsals until the new year. That's just, this is the way of rarely will you get us a December 28th or 29th. No, we're coming in. There has to be a rehearsal director, but uh, that is a, a definite thing that happens. In Malaysia, was that the case too, that uh, it breaks over the Christmas break or no? Well, honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> but of course, uh, you know, 
know, here in Christmas, I and I'm I'm a Christian myself, yep. so I enjoy Christmas. So I also look forward to that. that it is and, nice, and I think it's very good as well for the cast, you know, because when they come back, they come back very fresh. Yeah, when they yeah. came back, they came back well. They came back cold because they of the, cold, the weather, yeah. but not cold because of a lack <laughs> yeah. of rehearsal but, uh, and re- with Christmas and all that. I guess you know there's so much planning for Christmas, and everybody wants to enjoy Christmas, including the director and the, the producer. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> so you've now you're into deep rehearsals at this point. You have your whole team set up. Everything is ready to go. You have barely six days or so until now your first your first showing is going to happen. And then there's six productions that are going to occur between the 25th and the 28th. That is a lot of shows in a very short amount of time for some people in their retirement age. Yes, it was a, it's ambitious. I have an assistant producer, Aaron Noble, that said, this is a very ambitious project, Louise, <laughs> considering the time frame we were looking at. Yeah. So it ha- yeah, it's been ambitious, but I can feel us pulling together in these last few days, and uh, especially with the team, like Ben Cedar is our lighting and our stage manager, and Mackenzie is our assistant stage manager, and we're all trying to sort of meld together because we've been sort of doing different chunks of mm-hmm. things. So it, it's coming together. Yeah, but I want to say also we have this the three of the uh, three main cars are fantastic. Sometimes when you think about seniors, you think they are slow. You think they they cannot do much stuff and all that. You know what you know, the, the the perception is, but the, these three are really energetic. Oh, that's great. You know, if when the show comes on, I was thinking some of the audience who may be seniors may be thinking, are these really seniors? Because one of them has to fall onto the floor. Right, but she yep. picks herself up, up again. Another one sits on the floor, and another one stands up. You know, you kind of like seriously these seniors. They're so fit. That's yes. good. Yeah, that's what we should be expecting from our seniors. <laughs> yeah. I, when you said you, I definitely didn't think it was feeling for me. I was like, oh, no, well, all the yeah. seniors do are all doing acrobatic flips and tumbles and twists. Yeah, um, maybe you were talking about the the people listening to this podcast, but even then, I think most of them are going to yeah. be understanding and and fully comprehending of the fact that seniors can do a whole bunch of yeah, things. A whole bunch of things. Um, yes, it's it's uh, including acting. Yeah. yeah, it's middle-aged white guys that are the problem right now and playing video games and working their desk jobs. <laughs> they, they're, they're the ones that if they fall down, they might not be able to get back up. So, <laughs> Well, that was what, what Pat just said. That was one of my big goals is to bust some of the stereotypes. Good. Because one of the uh, plays that we put on with more than a number, at that time, the city had um, age like an anti-aging policy for seniors for mm-hmm. the year. So we wrote this spoof. It was a comedy again. But the whole point is to shake people up and change their the senior image. And with these guys on stage, it really, it does it, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially with the images that they're projecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my goal is to bust stereotypes for seniors. I think it's important. A hundred percent. Absolutely. This is relevant, important stuff that people need to come to the theater and see. So when people do come to see Old Mule, what are you hoping that they take away from having gotten a chance to see this production? Well, I think the first thing is I would like them to to be impressed by the actors. 
Secondly, I think is uh, is the story is really about a relationship between the mother and the daughter. Both the mother is about seventy years old, seventy plus. The daughter is about forty, fifty plus. You know, and the playwright wanted to emphasize that the story is about the relationship between a senior and the daughter, and how sometimes we push off and say that senior parents, you know, you, you, they they can take care of themselves or. Or the other way, they're overprotective, but it's really a relationship between them. And then uh, what's surrounding it is this scamming thing, which that puts a, uh, a lot of, uh, I think, reality. There's a lot of scamming that's going on. And also what I feel is that when the relationship between family members other things cannot uh, penetrate into that relationship. Mm-hmm. So if relationships are well established, we can all watch out for each other. But the scamming thing is a big deal now these days. Absolutely. Yeah. I, f- I personally feel that all the scamming that's going on erodes the fabric of trust in our society. And I think shows and plays like this that especially show, you know, seniors' level of trust that they have in society that I don't think teenagers or millennials or younger people have that much trust in society as was given in older generations and it's been definitely taken advantage of and abused and i'm like i'm very happy to see a production like this come out and give those people who attend and come see it an opportunity to discuss it and think about it and see it in a new light Yes. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. it for you? Uh, I was talking to Carolyn from the Global News. We, we were sort of filtering it down, and I said, she said, how is it affecting everybody? And I said, I think we're getting paranoid. Yeah. Like we're, we're afraid to, to touch an email, to answer our phones. Uh, to, I had two girls on my front doorstep. It was freezing out. And I'm sitting there thinking, do I let them in? And I did, and it turned out okay. But I was, the whole time, I'm thinking... I'm not giving them any of my information. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And I, you know, um, very cautious. We've become very, very cautious. And um, I think it's sad. It's isolating. It's even more isolating than than ever before. And one of the things that absolutely shocked me when I started to talk to some of the people, the experts on the panel, when I started to phone the homes— People that are running the homes were telling me how the residents were coming to them and saying that they were getting these scamming grandfather schemes and everything. And I thought, they're the most vulnerable people we have. Yep. And uh, these guys uh, from whatever they're, wherever they're coming from. I want to say, like, they are one of the most vulnerable because kids under 12 are, I think, honestly the most vulnerable to this sort of thing these days that they are actually preyed upon and predated a lot more than we come to realize and know of hard to write a show about that though yes no and i agree i had a conversation with my eight-year-old yeah he was or my eight-year-old grandson he was asking about this play and what it was about and then the questions well could i get scammed yeah and all these questions and i said your parents are really protecting you you know like they're not allowed to have phones. They're limited time on the computer. People are watching what's going on on the computers. But the seniors that like the real target for the seniors is someone who's living alone. They're lonely. 
they're not tech savvy. They're, they're yep. not, and then it's just a perfect, perfect mix. A nice storm for yeah, somebody to take yeah. advantage of them. And yeah. then the things that can be done with voice modulation and replication of people's voices that they can do nowadays when you get a phone call and it sounds like it's coming from a loved one, but it's not even them. That's the, the scary thing of all of those things that can happen now is the way technology is benefiting and enabling scammers and those who seek to predict on society. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the the panel, we're having, uh, there's four experts, and um, one is from Calgary Police, the Calgary Police. One is from the Securities Commission. James is from the Securities Commission. Odetta is from the Better Business Bureau, and Diane Cooper-Point is from the Seniors Resources, and she runs a program called Take Care, Beware. Mm-hmm. So, we're right after our, our Saturday matinee, we're going to set up a table and have a question answer period. Oh, wow. Like as a talk back. Yes. And that's amazing. And then will you be part of that too, Pat? Or is it just going to be those four individuals? There'll be four individuals because I mean, there's a lot to talk about. And, uh, and that show is sold out. That's amazing. Oh, darn. I was just about to say that's the one I'm going to pick to go to, but I'm going to go opening night. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Because, yeah, the other one is sold out, which is to the credit of all the people that came on board, all these people. They want to get their stories out. They want to tell people there's programs to help the seniors. And uh, so they were were on board like boom when I I started phoning them and and asking if they'd be interested in partnering with us and, and being on this expert panel. Oh, that's great. But what do you think people are going to take away from having seen Old Mule? I think they'll be entertained. They're going to get some laughs. They're going to see a very real relationship in between a middle-aged daughter and an aging uh, senior. And I think it'll make them reflect about their own relationships. That's perfect. Yeah. And they're going to be concerned. I think they're going to think, wow, look at how it was so easy. Look at how she was set up. It is so easy. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully people take that out in the community and talk about it, right? Yeah. As the director, as the person who's, you know, basically understanding and coming to grips with the text and then presenting it in a vocal, physical light for us, what's been hard about making that happen? What's been hard about transitioning the script from the page to the performance? Actually, I say it wasn't hard. Oh, there's nothing hard about it? No, you know why? Because Nico Nico wrote it so well that you could actually follow word by word and just translate it straight away. Oh, wow. That is how good her writing is. So there's been lots of directions as well as to where people go and crosses and and things like that? Her writing is, is you straight away know what what the character is thinking, what the character needs to do. So really, my job was quite easy, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. It doesn't sound like any work at all. Maybe you could garnish your wages since it doesn't sound like it was very Ouch. hard. I think Pat's <laughs> I just, been putting in a lot of hours. I know. And a lot of time and energy into this. So she's saying it's easy, but she's worked really hard. That's good. It also comes with 30 years of experience as well as a tutelage at the University of Calgary and their directing group. So exactly. I don't doubt that yeah. you've approached it with the toolbox that you need in order to, to hit all of the right moments and beats. Yeah. What's been hard about getting this from the script to the stage for you, Louise? The time crunches yeah. as a producer, that was tough. That's probably the biggest challenge we had this time uh, is not enough running time. And yeah, I would say that's the biggest challenge this time. Wow. 
what's something that you're going to be delighted for audiences to get a chance to see that you really want them to like, this is a moment that's going to happen on the stage that I'm really excited about and really, really happy for the audience to get a chance to see. I think there would be the scene 13. Okay. The scene 13. Yeah. When the, when how they resolve about the, resolve the scamming. The resolution, the climax of the show. Yeah. I think why I also like Nicole's writing is that she comes up with something that she understands that uh, senior seniors are wise people. And that is very good at the end, that they find solutions to problems, to issues, you know. So I think that that is really good. And uh, that will be the last scene that's really exciting. Yeah. I love the opening. The mother and the daughter are in the front of the stage. One's talking to a baby and one's talking to an aging person in a hospital bed. And the conversation in between them is very touching. But they're saying almost the same things to each other about how they care. And it reflects how we evolve from, you know, where, where, you know, you have a baby, they grow up into a, a daughter, and then all of a sudden the daughter is responsible for the mother and she becomes the baby. And the first mm-hmm. scene, it just reflects that beautifully. It's very touching. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. And so conversely, what's something that you think audiences might miss that if they're listening to the podcast right now, that they will be able to look for and see that they might not catch? A lot harder in a three-hander like this for the audience to miss something. But there can be opportunities where you're really working on something and the audience might just not see it. I think it's uh, the mother's uh, lines. The mother talks about loneliness and in a way, how easily it was for her to fall into a scam. It's a very touchy moment, but if people don't pay attention, it's just that one moment that she says it, that she says that, you know, well, I needed friends, you know, but you're trying to force me to do this, to, to, to do this. Right. But it's really, truly what in real life seniors uh, suffer uh, about the loneliness and how, how, why they can easily fall into scams. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the whole idea of the shame, that's what's come out with a lot of my conversations with these experts, that seniors that are scammed, they're full of shame and they're afraid to tell their family about about what's happened for uh, numerous reasons, but mostly that the family might step up and take control and they don't want to lose that control. So they have a lot of shame in this issue and they don't want to report it. So many, many of these things are not reported, these, these scams because of the shame involved in it. Right. And I think that the shame is reflected in the play. Dot's starting to realize what's happened and she wants to fix it without her dog. She wants to to somehow make it right. And that's in scene 13. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the same, yeah, yeah, okay. But it's very reflective, apparently, of what actually happens in these situations in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is powerful and impactful stuff. I really hope people are coming out in droves to see the show. Have you had any communication with the writer since you've taken the project on? Have you had to reach out to her for any updates, any ads? Any? Have you had to make any subtle changes to the script that you've wanted to send on to the, to the writer's agent or to the writer for them to update? 
I did communicate with the writer and to ask if we can change one or two words, yeah. whether it would be because sometimes uh, some of the words were a bit mouthful, just one or two. Yeah, that uh, and then the seniors were saying that, uh, oh, you know, I think I can say this more effectively in such ways. So with this kind of things, you have to get the playwright's uh, permission to change. Yeah, but not very much though. But uh, she was she's very happy that the play is coming along well. That's yeah. great. Is she going to be able to come down and see it? She's coming for the Saturday, oh, that's Saturday evening. Yes. And uh, so we're all excited about that. Yeah. But I think we had a, a three-way meeting at the beginning. Yeah. And Nicole sort of laid out the ground rules about how she wanted the play to be done. And I don't think we had any great issues. There were minor, minor things. Yep. We were trying to be respectful of Nicole's wishes, and yeah. I think we have been all the way through. Yeah, yeah. but she's also very nice to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, questions that I asked, could you clarify this? You know, maybe, you know, I was just thinking, or oh, maybe could we do this? And then she says, okay, I'll think about it, and I get get back to you. And she did. Wow. She did, yeah. So how about sets and properties and costumes? I, this is such a tight turnaround on a production like this. What have you done and who are who's responsible for these things and how much have they had difficulty in putting that all together? Well, Martina Laird is our set designer and she's had some experience in Europe, but mostly Martina's an actor, right? And she had conversations with Pat and then she turned her garage into a workshop and uh, <laughs> our set is what do you call it? Early shabby? (laughs) Yeah, it's a shabby, yeah. Because Dot, who is the uh, main character, is a very messy person. So it was easy to find stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So it's just a full stage then with lots of stuff. And how has your properties individual been connected to that at all? Or is it mostly set design and set uh, set decor? Well, there's not really much design to it. Basically, you just put the props where they are. I think that's, that's quite... And we are trying to be very minimalistic as well. Okay. But however, there are certain things that are required by the script, like using some of the props and all that. And so those things need to be there. That it Was it hard to, to get any story. of those things? Oh, no. It's, oh, okay. uh, it's a normal everyday thingy, cigarettes, you know, pill bottles and things like that. Oh, okay. So an easy, easy list of things to achieve yeah, for, for Properties Master. Yeah, I've been helping. Martina has, uh, I think Martina's got her own production going. Oh, okay. Uh, In the next month or so. So I've been sort of helping her with the props. So, yeah, it's things like money. Where do you get fake money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Little things like that. But we've pretty well got them all settled now, right? That's still a tight turnaround for all those little things to come together and get put together and whatnot. And then for lighting, you've been in the sea space before, correct? Sal's hasn't performed in Sea Space before, but the lighting band Cedars, he works at Sea Space. Oh, okay, so great. we totally lucked out because he's he's stepped up to be the stage manager and the The stage light- manager too. Oh yeah. wow. Yes. So and that's Ben Cedars? Yes. Well thank you, yeah. Ben. Yeah, but he's worked at uh Sea Space before, so he knows the place. So that oh, that's that helps great. a lot. That'll make your lighting, your tech week very, very easy. I'm guessing you're going into that this week now, coming up on Sunday, you'll load in? It'll be Tuesday. 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 Oh my goodness. So Tuesday, load in, Tuesday, tech run, Wednesday, dress rehearsal? 
correct. Yes. Oh and my opening goodness. is on Thursday. <laughs> and it's such a tight production schedule. You don't have really any room for errors or you know changes or mix-ups and things like that. That makes it tough. And how about costumes? What have you done for costumes for this production? Costumes is actually just normal everyday wear. So are the actors providing their own costumes yeah, for the most, most part of, then? Yeah, most part. I would say 90%. And 90% of three people. <laughs> 90% of their costumes. But right. I think what was very important is that they wear something that they are comfortable in. Right. That's most important. Yeah, because the, some of the scenes are, are quite long. Uh, long in the sense that because there's conversation, long conversations, and they're always on stage all the time. Yeah. So they need to be in something that they're comfortable with. So yeah, most oh, of the clothes are from them. Do the actors not leave the stage at any time? They're there all of the time? One does leave on and off. Uh, the other one does too. But uh, the main one is always on stage. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a lot Trish. of stamina. That's Trish. Yeah, yes. Trish Clark. She's and the is main there character. an intermission as well? Or is it a single there is an intermission. Okay. Watch out for the intermissions as well. The in okay. intermissions are also very interesting. Those who are listening here did not get a chance to see Pat point her finger and get all <laughs> excited. So something happens during the intermission? Yes, yes. Okay, great. So, is it part of the show or is it... It will be part of the show, not your normal, not your normal music kind of thing. It'll be, there'll be stuff on during, well, you can leave, but then you just have to prick up your ears and listen out to what's oh, happening in the air. Wonderful. Yeah. Anyone listening and coming to the show has that little bit of a key note to say, keep your ears open for the intermission. Yes. It's the show's not done just because the actors are taking a break. Exactly. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that is thanks to Chad Blaine. Chad is coming up with all this uh, collage of sounds and all that. Yeah. That's great. For the, the for the intermission, mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds like it's all coming together in a very rapid, quick turnaround speed. That doesn't sound like it's normally a senior acting lab sort of process. Is that true or no? I'd like to say it's not. <laughs> um, I'm sure if Erin listens to this podcast, she'd be shaking her head. We have run it like three months out, that yep. kind of thing. Yeah, We've got sort of conceptions of ideas of where we're heading six months out, but three months out, we're starting to, to really go. But uh, the last production, we put on two two plays at once. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. It was... <laughs> <laughs> we did a really good job. There was Bill C773 that I wrote, and then there was Club Martini's The Replacement. Right. So totally different plays yeah. and totally different sets, and we pulled it off. You know, we had a lot of learning on the way. You know, we learned a lot, but we did pull it off, and uh, it, the plays were great. I thought they were really well done. That's well, wonderful. Well, Louis, you won Best Original Play Right at the Cat Award, that shows, you know, that, that says something. Well, yep. thank you to Kyle and the Calgary Axe group. And, uh, and it was Caroline Russell King mm. that, that she initiated that award. I don't know if it was there before. There have been a lot of awards that have come and gone over the years. That's one of the awards that has been recognized kind of on and off, depending on how many adapted and original scripts we've had come through in a given year. Uh, it can be uh, some, some years it doesn't happen at all. And other years, there's only two or three categories just because it's hard. It's already hard as community theater companies to put up a show in the first place. But you also want to put up stuff 
people want to see. Like FRC is doing a chorus line right now. Everybody wants to see that. That shows one Tonys and was on Broadway and won Pulitzer Prizes. It is much harder to attract an audience to come and see an original work from a community theater group. And so I really do applaud Seniors Acting Lab for having done everything you do with the original works that you continue to put up and put on and the sort of out there approach you have to putting on theater to make it a differentiated and unique experiential thing for the audience. Thank you, Kyle. I have a feeling my personality is jump and then you realize what you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that has probably been what's led us through a lot of these productions. Yeah, it definitely seems, Louise, like you were the first off the pier into the lake, even if you've never been there before. <laughs> so. so so now I'm starting to know the lake. <laughs> right. After, you know, a few of these productions. What's and great is that you've got a whole bunch of other people who've jumped into the lake with you. And that's that's a testament to true to true leadership. And on that note, I must say Louise is a great leader. Seriously and uh, well, you know, I think this wouldn't happen without uh, Louise, you know, and then uh, every time any one of us have problems, we always go up to her and ask for her advice. And she's very emp- empathetic and patient as well. And That's uh, great. Well, yeah. it looks like somebody jumped off the pier with you, Louise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, like uh, Anne and, and Chris and Aaron on the board. They've, they've all been totally committed. And then, of course, the cast and crew. Once they get the gist of the, the issue, mm-hmm. then everybody starts to get, wow, this is really important. And then they, away they go. You know, they st- there's not just, there's the play and it's entertaining. Right. But when they get the, the feel for the, the issue, then, then it's like crusade. Everybody's on the same crusade, right? Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, and, and you said it well, Louis, the cast, the crew and the design team and all are very passionate about this play. I mean, the what is the play itself? The where is the space? Those two things are important. You need to have a play and you need to have a place to put it up. If you don't have those, you don't have a play. But if you don't know what the why is, mm. if you don't know why you're doing the thing, sometimes the reason for the audience to be there kind of fritters away and you get caught up in the what and the where and the how, I guess, too. But why you're there seems to be one of the things that Seniors Acting Lab really does approach everything they do from first. And so for audiences to come see this show, there's a reason you're there in the audience. There's a thing that Seniors Acting Lab, that Pat Chan and Louise really want you to be there for. And that is a really touching and important thing from my perspective. That's, thank you, Kyle. But it's true, isn't it? Like we all start to get all worked up about the issue, whatever the yeah. issue is, we're trying to highlight. And uh, it really, really lifts us and carries us through. Yeah. I mean, even like yesterday's uh, rehearsal, the cast, there's, uh, there's Trish, there's uh, Susan, um, there's Denise, and then Ben was there, Ben Cedar was there, and myself. And, you know, when we were just about to go back and they said, hey, let's do a cheer. And this is these three ladies three seniors are saying that let's do a cheer and I was like oh yeah why not and they came up with this hands on and you know and bounce 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 and then oh mew you know so I think that this just shows how passionate they are about the group being together working this out and telling the story 
You know, that's, that's, that's high spirit to me. One of the reasons I do community theater is the opportunity to make new friends and new connections with new people that'll lead me to new ideas, new thoughts, and new ways of seeing things. And going and seeing community theater gives you an outsider's view of all of those connections happening at once, and as well, being impacted and touched upon by art. And that's what you're making here that's coming up on the 25th of January. And so to close out, I just want to reiterate how ephemeral and quick it passes that live theater is. That if you come and see Old Mule, you're seeing a show written by a local Albertan, performed by local Calgarians, put on by an, um, an amazing Malaysian immigrant who has decided to make Calgary their home. <laughs> And by Seniors Acting Lab, who approached this entire project from a why are we doing this perspective and what will the audience get out of it? And you would be doing yourself a great disservice to not go and see Old Mule opening January 25th here at the Sea Space in Marta Loop. It is important that we go and we, we take part in these things going to see a movie in the theater landmark theaters playing the new superhero movie would be great but that will be here for forever there's only six chances technically five because you didn't buy your tickets to get to go see the talk back so you only have five chances to go and see <laughs> this what will be miraculous amazing wonderful production that will make you think thanks for listening thank you Kyle. thank you That's it.